The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio resource for all the latest news, tips, techniques, and strategies to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And don't forget, this is your absolute last chance to sign up for this Saturday's all-day How to Wholesale in 2012 seminar sponsored by WMKV. We'll be talking about how one wholesales a property and then how one goes about wholesaling lots of properties by building a business to do that. It'll be a very educational day, and the best part is you can attend live here in Cincinnati or online from the comfort of your home for just a $99 pledge to WMKV. Go to WMKVFM.org for more information and to register. And don't forget, this is the second to last day. Tomorrow is the last day that you can sign up for the $99 for one, $129 for two WMKV special. WMKVFM.org for more information. My guest today is going to be a name that is well known to many real life real estate listeners. It's Ron Legrand, who has been investing in real estate since 1982. He's been personally involved in over 1,600 single family home transactions, as well as $300 million worth of commercial real estate transactions. And he's joining us today to share his thoughts on the best things to do in today's market when you're just getting started. Joining us from his home in Florida is Ron Legrand. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, thank you for having me here. I was just sitting here learning the how the birth of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile came about. <laughs> yes, I forgot that when we put our guests on hold, they get to hear George and his day in history. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, Glad to have you here today, Ron. Um, Again, you hate to say somebody requires no introduction, but over the last 15 or 20 years, uh, I I bet you have spoken to well over 100,000 real estate investors all over the country about... Well, I actually have about a half a million students throughout (laughs) North America. I'm just that old, Vina. So, so, so yes, my my estimate was off by a little bit. Um, Folks folks have seen you around. They've read your books. They've participated in your training. And now you are coming to the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association Annual Convention, which is November 8th through 11th here in Cincinnati. 
and you're going to keynote for us. And uh, folks can learn more about that as we go on here through the end of summer and fall because uh, we're going to be having a special offer for Real Life Real Estate listeners to sign up for that come September. And uh, just want to make sure that everybody understands that we've got, what, 45 minutes here today. Ron's going to have a couple of hours to talk to you and teach you and motivate you at the convention coming up here in Cincinnati in November. Now, uh, Ron, one of the one of the sort of I don't know defining characteristics of you both as an investor as or, and as an instructor is you're not exactly a one trick pony. You kind of you kind of <laughs> know what know what to do with any deal to make it make money. And I, I've noticed as I as I followed what you've been doing for the last few years that you've changed your business radically since the real estate market crashed. Well, in case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of things changed since the real estate market crashed and crashed, and they will continue to do so. And no, I'm not a one trick pony. I've always been and teach folks to be transactional engineers, which simply means that. Uh, with a little bit of training and a little bit of time, you can develop the knowledge to take pretty much any kind of property that comes at you and determine whether it will work for you and or not, and if it does, create solutions for the seller to get the seller out and to get you in, whether that be single family or commercial. And that's exactly what we do, and that's what I teach. And, of course, the goal is to do it without using your money and or your credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we do that every single day of our lives, and I continue to buy houses right up to today. To, as I sit here and we're having this conversation, I'm buying approximately six houses a month here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Florida's Florida's a bit of a challenging market these days. Uh, you guys got clobbered even harder down there than we did here in the Midwest, although maybe not as badly as as California. So it, that's only because we went up faster than you did and all we did was lose the gain that we got in the mid 2000s. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So we took a harder hit. Mhm. Mhm. So as I was thinking today about uh, what I what I wanted you to share with listeners uh in in the short period of time that we do have together uh it, that it, that was a hard topic to come up with because you you, you sort of as you said, you teach people not to get obsessed with one strategy that is going to, you know, somehow solve all of their problems. You teach them, you know, flip some stuff to get some cash, do some things to get some cash flow, <laughs> to do, to, you know, do what do what the deal requires, but also do what is going to be good for your immediate financial future and your distant financial future. But there's something that you have been doing a lot more of, uh, again, in the last few years. And it has to do with assignment of contracts on properties that are fully leveraged. <laughs> and, and we're seeing a lot of those. Uh, we're, yes. we're, seeing, we're seeing a lot of properties where the seller's very anxious to be gone and to, to stop making those payments and to not not have that property anymore, but they have a very difficult time selling conventionally because they don't have the money to pay an agent or, or keep it on the market for months and months. Can you, can you explain just a little bit about this? Because, again, yeah. this, this is new. Well, I first of all, it's been actually for the last uh, few months, not few years, because it's a brand new technique that we created uh, born out of the necessity because there's so many, actually over 60% of the properties that we run across that are owned by individuals, not by banks, are over-leveraged. They have more owed on them than they're worth. 
So we created a system called ACTS, which is Assigning Contracts and Terms, which really means that we will go in and, in most cases, lease option the property from the seller and then assign that contract. In Ohio, I would go in and uh, buy the property on a land contract and just assign my land contract and get an assignment fee and let my buyer take over my position with the seller's approval and you know, making sure that they can pay, make the payments and getting several thousand dollars from my buyer, but putting them in a position to where they can get into a home again of their own without having to go down to a bank, giving them plenty of time for the equity to catch back up because regardless of whether the prices go up or not, the payment, the debt is certainly going to go down when you're sitting, able to sit there for years and make payments on it. And we structured it so that the buyer gets the benefit of the debt pay down. So uh, I buy your house from you. Let's say it's worth 200000 $200, and you owe two hundred and thirty on it. That would, would put you in a pretty poor position. But if you've got a reasonable payment on it, I can promise you that an owner-occupant who wants to move into that house could care less whether there's two thirty owed on it if they have, say, 10 years before they actually have to cash it out by refinancing it or reselling it. By that time, the debt will pay down, and hopefully the value will go up. And in the meantime, that uh, buyer gets to uh, to uh, move into the home. It will be their home, buying it on a land contract, and enjoy the benefits of home ownership, which there's a lot of people out there aching to have right now, as you well know. I mean, we've had over 12 million people lose their homes to foreclosure in the past five years alone. And it's not that they don't deserve a home. It's just that they, for one reason or another, in a situation where uh, they, they, they lost their house for Gosh, we could spend an hour talking about all those reasons. But, uh, you know, I, I tell my students, uh, picture yourself, um, you owned a home, and for some reason you lost that home. Now you're living in an apartment, and you have, say, two children. And every day when you come home, you don't really feel secure. You don't really like living in this cramped environment. You used to have a home of your own and a yard of your own where you can invite your friends and relatives and neighbors over and uh, to uh, call this home your home. And here you are in this apartment, and... Every single day, all you can think about is, gosh, I wish I had a home again. So we come along and provide these to people that can afford them now. We won't put people in houses that can't afford them, can't afford to make the payments, and are not willing to make some kind of financial commitment to them. Uh, and they're not hard to find because there's a lot of them out there. Just because they had financial uh, problems in the past doesn't mean that that's a permanent thing. So you lose your home, you're in an apartment, now you want to get out of an apartment, and here we come offering you the chance to buy a home without bank qualifying, without bank financing, and usually most of our clients who buy these homes are, have credit challenges. However, we all know that credit can be fixed in time, so we're giving them the time. Here's a home, here, give me a few thousand dollars, walk into it, uh, the seller approves the, the transfer so that the seller knows clearly what's going on, and we assign our contract to the buyer, Therefore, the buyer now makes the payments directly to the seller, and uh, everybody wins. Hmm. Seller gets out of the house. Uh, no, they don't get their loan paid off. No, they're in it for a while, but, um, you know, look at their choices. Choice one, they can um, live in it for a lot of years themselves, and obviously that's not a, a top priority on their mind, or we, we would have never come in contact with them to begin with. They would have never put their house on the market, or they would have never answered one of our ads saying they want to sell it if that was the case. Choice number two, of course, is walk away and let it go into foreclosure, which many bank, uh, many people are doing and will continue to do. Choice number three is uh, maybe, maybe they could get a realtor to list it and try to do a short sale on it, but that requires a realtor that would want to list it. And, of course, then it requires a buyer who can 
qualify to get the loan, and then it requires the bank to approve it, in which the odds are stacked heavily against them. And then uh, next choice, here comes us. Uh, let me buy the property from you on land contract, and I'll assign that contract, and you'll approve the buyer, and, and uh, you'll, now your payment will be covered. So it's a very attractive choice to a lot of sellers and to a lot of buyers. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a, sounds like a very a very neat and complete solution to a whole bunch of problems. And uh, I want to uh, dig a little bit deeper into uh, what we're looking for here. If this is something that we want to do as investors, we need to take a quick break first. I want to also invite listeners to give us a call with any questions for Ron at 877-772-9658. Or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is the Mac Daddy of all real estate educators, Mr. Ron Legrand. We are talking today about a um, new strategy that Ron has gotten himself involved in in the past few months that, uh, as we talked about before the break, very neatly solves a bunch of problems for a bunch of different people. We are also taking your calls at 877-772-9658 or your emails, askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. We're going to go ahead and go to the phones and talk to Sandra, who's on line one in Cincinnati. Sandra, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. I didn't know it was going to be on right now. They should put me on hold. I have a question for you. I own an apartment building um, that I'm having problems with some of the people that have been living in there. Um, it's paid for. My home that I live in now is not paid for. What do you recommend do I do? Do I get rid of that apartment, which I very much love to because I'm 69 years old and pay my house off, or I just need some help. <laughs> well, um, that is a that is an interesting question, Sandra. Let me let me ask you a little bit more about quote the problems you're having with the okay. building. Uh, does it have to do with non payment of rent? Does it have to do with people doing things there that they're not supposed to, like drug dealing, that sort of thing? No. Non payment of rent. Okay. And and then one person uh, decided he would do some damage before he left. And how big is because your? Because I evicted it. How big it's is your? It's a five family. It's a, a five, five family. a five family, and yes. since since you're in Cincinnati, can you tell me approximately where it is neighborhood wise? Um, in Mount Washington. In Mount Washington. Okay. All right, um, Ron, you have quite a bit of uh, commercial experience, although I believe that your preferred type of uh, building is not a five family, and it sounds like. Uh, it sounds to me here like what Sandra has is a management problem, not a property problem. Any advice yeah. for her? Yeah, I have uh, some good advice for you, Sandra. What okay. you are trying to do is uh, really run a business on your own that you really don't seem to have that much interest in running because obviously managing five units is a hassle, especially for one that's not trained in management. I would strongly okay. suggest that you just get out of the way and quit. How do I do that? Own. Well, I'm about I'm to tell sorry. you. The smartest right. thing you can do is hire a good professional management company to manage that property for you and let all of the problems be theirs and not yours and just deposit a check in your account every month. 
if you do that, now you have a you have the income stream without the grief. If you sell the property, which I can tell you right now is not going to be easy to sell, a five unit is really tough to sell, especially if you try to cash out of it. Then okay, you get some cash, you pay some taxes, and you have left over, uh, some left over. But then what? I would think that um, the income that you could generate from the property would be more valuable to you than the, the cash that you could get in your hand, which would probably go quickly anyway. Even if you get it, you have to reinvest it in something. So I think that the problem is more that you don't want to manage it and probably shouldn't manage it than it is the property itself, as Vina just said. And yeah. and and Sandra, we can't we can't talk about uh, like specific property management companies and so on online. But if you want to hang up and call back and leave your number with the receptionist, or actually uh, Mike can put you on hold and the receptionist can get your number. Uh, you and I can talk about some suggestions for that offline. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Sandra. Thank you for your call. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Ron, going back to this uh, assignment of contract and terms thing that you have come up with, it's, I mean, it sounds, it sounds super interesting, the, uh, and it sounds like something that we're going to run across a lot. In fact, let me just say, anyone out there who's listening, I don't care where you are in the country, if you are getting phone calls from sellers, you are running across this a that lot. Correct. <laughs> correct. And... Uh, uh, so I want to I want to explore this a little bit more. You you happen to give the example of a of a two hundred thousand dollar house, and uh-huh. that that that's a different house to somebody in Cincinnati than it is to somebody in Phoenix, Arizona. Is is there a particular sort of level of property that, on which this works best? Uh, it works on all levels of property. Um, it, well, most levels of property. We. Um, we do live in a diverse country where, well, I tell you right here in Jacksonville, for example, the houses that are worth uh, in the 80s today were worth about a hundred and a half, you know, five years ago. So the good news is that the rents have not gone down, even though the values have, for the most part. So we work with properties uh, that are worth well below a hundred, and we work with properties all the way up into the threes and the fours and the fives. In fact, we just put one under contract today for 480. Here in Jacksonville, and it and it was an axe deal. In this particular case, the owner has the property free and clear, but they wanted full retail price for the property. So the only way we could do that was to create terms that we could assign to an owner occupant. Because since they want full retail price, I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. But that doesn't mean an owner occupant wouldn't love to have it if they had good terms. So we'll 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 put on the contract. We'll probably get ten thousand dollars for finding the qualified buyer that. Uh, that we like and that the seller approves and put them in the house. Mm-hmm. And that's an assignment fee. The average assignment fee that we're collecting right now is about $6,500, Vina. Mm-hmm. We get about um, four a month on the average. Okay, okay, very good. And do, do the properties uh, that one would pursue this way need to be in, in great shape? No, absolutely not. We, we assign them. We don't touch them. The last thing you want to do is go renovate a house you don't own. And we don't own these, remember. We're tying them up, in our case, with a lease purchase. In your case, it would be with a land contract. Uh, but we don't own them. So we're not going to go spend the money on them. If the seller, we, we encourage the seller to get them as good a shape as they can. And whatever shape they're in, we pass them on to the buyer in that as-is condition. What's hard for people to understand is, is the huge motivation that buyers and tenant buyers have to get in a home of their own. They're very willing to do whatever work is needed to get into the home. It's way more important to them 
than any that, to get into that home than it does have to do that work. And remember, we're dealing with people that can't go down and qualify right now because if they could, they would. They don't need us. We're, we're, we're giving them time to qualify. We're giving them years and years because we won't do these things unless they're long-term agreements. I won't uh, walk into somebody's house and, and, and have them expect to get cashed out of that house in a year when they owe more on it than it's worth. It's just not reasonable. And, of course, the, the, the buyers aren't going to buy it either. The buyers got to have the time, and the time's what makes it exciting for them. So our, average, our contract's usually about 10 years long. And, I mean, I don't need to go back and go over the seller's choices again. So the seller has got to decide whether they want to stay in the deal or walk away from it. And that's pretty much what their, their choices are, stay in it or walk away from it. So you know, we won't get them all, but um, there's no problem finding people that are over leveraged. And there's an uh, even easier problem to find all of the folks who would love to walk into that house without having a bang into their life. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. no, they take them as is, and they take them in all price ranges. The key is, is the payment has to be reasonable and tolerable. Uh, we turn down deals quite often because the payment is just too high for the market to bear. And then sometimes we turn them down because they're just in such poor condition that we don't feel that uh, an owner-occupant can handle them. But most of the time, they're either in excellent shape or darn close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let me guess, Ron, that one of the challenges you have in educating people about this strategy is is getting their brain pried away from something that sounds very similar but isn't the same, which is a sandwich lease. Correct. I wouldn't say that's one of my biggest problems. My The, pro, the education problem is easy, as you well know. Benny. You've been an educator for a long time. You know, uh, back from the old days, you're, you've been around for a long time, girl. Thanks, uh, Ron. You, you're welcome. <laughs> and you know as well as I do, the education is the easy part. It's getting them to pull the trigger that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting people to actually do anything with what they learn. So that's, you know, we spend an awful lot of time trying to get people to actually turn their education into action. So mm-hmm. as an educator, I, I wish I could just wave a magic wand and say, here, you now you know it, now go do it and expect them to go do it. But we have to really push. <laughs> well, you can wave the magic wand and say, now you know it. It's yeah. the, it's the it's the now go do it part that uh, that can be challenging. When we come back from this break, we have a question uh, from Michael that is uh, it's very much oriented toward the old sandwich lease idea, and I want to get your take on it, Ron, uh, in terms of the new uh, axe strategy. If you have a question for Ron Legrand, give us a call here in the studio at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Ron Legrand. Before I forget again, the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati has a meeting tomorrow night, and uh, it's, a, it's a good one, if I do say so myself, being the speaker. Uh, the early meeting is about evictions and how to make sure that uh, your eviction goes through with no problems. Uh, here in the greater Cincinnati area. And the main meeting is called How to Make Deals from Deals That Are Not Deals. We'll be talking about uh, how to dig a little deeper with your sellers and 
see what the real situation is and if there's a way to solve it other than just that lowball cash offer. If you have deals that you would like me to sort of step through and see if there's another solution for them, please send them to me at askvina.com before tomorrow so that I can actually have a chance to look at them, to use them as examples. But uh, anyway, that meeting is in the usual location at the Community Action Agency building in Bond Hill at Seymour and Redding. All are welcome. You can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com or at 859-292-7342. So, Ron, question here from Michael, who is also in the greater Cincinnati area. He says, I want to ask you what you think about my plan for a deal I'm working on. It goes like this. I have a homeowner who owes what their property is worth, but they're willing to accept payments through a land contract. The house is worth around 64, so I would have zero equity, but I could do around 5000 in work to the house and rent it out for about $150 per month cash flow and hopefully sell it through a rent-to-own to somebody else for maybe around 80000 Do you think this is a good strategy or am I wasting my time? Well, the answer is yes and yes and maybe no. <laughs> okay. Um, the, here's my favorite um, exit strategy on properties like that, and that is this. I will either buy them using private lending, through usually from bank uh, repos, which we, we do buy two or three a month like that, and, and then lease option them out, but I don't do the rehab. I'm, I'll tell you what, I've renovated 600 or more houses. I've had my share of those. What we do is we sell them on a work-for-equity program, which means we put the tenant buyer in there or sell them on a land contract, as is, where is, and let the tenant buyer or the buyer uh, do the work themselves. We give them a little discount off the uh, purchase price, off the sales price. However, we still sell them at pretty much retail price. In fact, generally, I sell the properties at a price that is at least as much as the retail price minus the repairs that I'd spend on it. So if the house is worth... 80 and it needs seven in work, I'd get at least $73,000, $75,000 out of it as is. And that's the hard part for people to understand. There's plenty of people out there. If you, It's all about the terms. If you can sell it to them on a land contract and they don't have to go to the bank and get a loan, they don't care what they pay for it. And I know you agree with that, Vina. The sales price is not what determines the sell, uh, the, the, the value or, or, or it's not what your buyer is concerned about if you give them the terms and if you're willing to do that then you're got you got way more buyers than you can possibly supply houses for but i would stay away from the renovation sell it as is on work for equity okay. every single house that i buy right now we don't touch vena uh, from the banks we don't touch them i buy them i close on them i put a private loan on them with a private lender so we uh, get money at seven percent interest which is 14 times what they're getting in their bank account and we lease option them out uh, on a work for equity program as is. In mm-hmm. fact, I'll talk a little bit about that when I come up there in November. Awesome. And uh, Michael, though, has the situation or the advantage here that his seller is willing to take payments. He doesn't well, need to get a private lender. Well, I think, well, let's see, we need to run that across the spreadsheet to see if it's okay, don't we? <laughs> that makes it ten times even easier for crying out loud. So you you buy it with owner financing, and it was me. I'd put a lease option tenant buyer in there as is on a work for equity. And in that case, Michael, you probably won't get more than I don't know. You tell me, being a two or three thousand dollars max out of your tenant buyer mm-hmm. for a non refundable deposit. But again, they do the work. 
even when I put uh, tenant buyers in beautiful houses, I pass all the responsibility for the repairs onto them after the first 30 days. But I will caution you that has to be a well-written agreement with an attorney involved uh, to, to do that. Uh, it's a condition of the purchase. And if that's not written into the agreement, then you may have an issue if you ever have a problem later. But uh, I, I tell you, I love it. I've got houses where I've got two houses where people have been in them for nine years. I haven't done a single bit of work on them. They are responsible for all of the repairs. It's clear going in. An attorney closes the lease purchase to them. And it's a beautiful thing when you've got somebody living in a house that acts like an owner that has a financial stake in the property that is completely responsible for all of the repairs. That takes the rental business and puts a whole new complexion on it, unlike that young lady who had those five units. She can't do that with a five unit, but we can certainly do it with single-family houses. And it is my favorite extra strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Michael, bottom line is uh, you got a you got a willing seller here. You're going to have willing buyers. You got a spread on the difference between what you think it is worth mm-hmm. and what you think you can get it for. So uh, now it's just a matter of getting the paperwork in place and doing that. So and be careful, Michael. Make sure you do everything you can to get that outgoing payment as low as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to hate yourself later. Uh, negotiate the best deal you can, but don't be careful not to pay too much per month. And I could see, I don't know, you know, you tell me, what's that house worth a month? Eight fifty a month, maybe? Oh, yes, an $80,000 house, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So if you get that payment down to about three to $400 a month, Michael, you build yourself in a nice little spread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good luck with that, Michael. If you have questions for Ron on specific deals, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send us an email just like Michael did at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, Ron, I want to I wanna go back and, and you know further dig into this, this whole ACTS thing because uh, I know you, you're going to have lot more time at OREA in November and of course you you have your slides and you can go through it in a logical order not the order that I'm curious about so I, I don't want people to think oh well I, was, I heard him on the radio don't need to come to OREA oh yeah you do uh the the mortgage um you're you're telling me that there are particular kinds of did we just lose him Ron are no, you there I'm here. okay I'm here. Wait, I just heard something sound like a click uh um you're saying that uh, you're looking for sellers who are over-leveraged or, lever- well, or, actually, or not. Actually, actually, Vina, I'm actually just looking for any for sale by owner. And then what we do is we collect the information on my property information sheet, and then the ones that are over-leveraged, we move them, we move them into the AX program. Honestly, the AX program is really what we do when we can't do anything else with the deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for AX. They're a byproduct that generates pretty good monthly cash flow, but I'd much rather stay in the deal. You mentioned sandwich leases earlier. I'd much rather stay in the deal and get the long-term residual income as well as the same amount of cash up front and some money on the back when the new buyer finally refinances it. In other words, I'd rather the goose keep laying the golden eggs. (laughs) With the Axe programs, once I get a check, I'm done. I'm out. It's like wholesaling houses. They're great. They're quick, they're easy, but you get a check, it's over. Now you got to go back to work. Mm-hmm. If you can put a bunch of these lease options, sandwich lease deals together, or sandwich land contracts together, yeah, pretty soon you've got enough residual income coming in every month where you don't have to go to work at all. 
Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that residual income. <laughs> yes, indeed. These sellers, uh, over-leveraged can come in a few flavors. <laughs> uh, I can have I can have a, a first mortgage that I just happened to get in 2006 when the market was high and uh-huh. you know or I could have a first and a second or I could have first in a home equity line or uh, is there any uh-huh. is there any particular uh, sort of underlying financing that you're looking for here no I don't really care. well there are some exceptions but uh, the underlying financing is not my biggest concern my biggest concerns are, A, the condition of the house. I don't want it to be too horrible. And, B, the monthly payment. Uh, and actually, believe it or not, the monthly payment is my primary concern, not the amount of the debt that is owed on the property, because I've learned that the buyers just don't care. But, boy, they do care about that monthly payment. And since I'm whatever I'm paying the seller or whatever my new buyer is paying the seller is already established because their monthly payment is already established and I can't change it, uh, that can make or break the deal right there. And mm-hmm. it does break some. So you are you are not going to sellers and asking them to cover part of their own monthly no. payment. I, I you know what some people teach that I don't I don't like that program. And frankly, if I can't get the market to come in and pay what the seller's paying out every month, I'd rather not do it because I don't want to put the seller in a position like that. And uh, I, I've learned that when they start those deals because they want to get the house out of their life, pretty soon they regret it, and it just creates problems later. And I'm not saying it can't work, but I haven't had good experience with it. I am so glad you just said that. I have been having an ongoing debate with another local investor about the uh, realities of a seller continuing month after month after month for 10 years to pay 100 out of their pocket or 200 out of their pocket. They always think it's a great idea on day one. I don't. Because, I think well, I think it makes good seminar fodder, but it's, <laughs> and in real life, it's not a great idea. And you're just setting the buyer up for a problem later in the seller. As far as I'm concerned, if you're putting your concern, you're putting both of them in a, uh, a position of uh, failure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree. And uh, yay! I think I I think I just want to bet. Uh, so <laughs> it's not it's not the form of Get the. Under- <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll, I'll send I'll send you a check. Um, it's not the form of the financing. It's more about the payments. Now, we just got an email in from Alice, who lives in Long Island. Well, there's a high-end market for you right there. Uh, she says, will you do this, And meaning, meaning will you, Ron, do this on properties where the owner is behind on their monthly payments? The answer is it depends on how many months, Alice. Let me give you an example. If it's one or two payments behind, yes, we can go find a tenant buyer or a buyer if it's owner financing, and they can bring in enough cash where we can make up the payments out of that cash and or get the seller to do so. You know, if the seller sees an exit strategy, sometimes they can come up with those payments, whereas they won't if they don't. Uh, sometimes we find people that are sitting there t- a couple months behind in their, in their head. They're just going to let it go to foreclosure, so why bother? But now we come in and say, hey, we can help you with that and uh, get these payments covered for you. Now all of a sudden they can come up and, with those two payments and, and bring them current. If not... And especially in Long Island, where you're dealing the higher end properties, I mean, if you've got a half a million dollar house out there, and somebody wants to bring you twenty five thousand dollars because you've arranged the terms, and you need five of it to bring the payments current, well, there's still twenty left. So common sense and a little bit of math will tell you, yes, you can. But if that same house gets eight, nine, ten months behind, then it's lost to acts. There's just no way to collect enough money from the marketplace uh, to make up those back payments. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Very true. And thank you for your question, Alice. If you have a question for Ron Legrand about the AXE program, or <laughs> really you could probably answer any question you had, 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is author, investor, guru to the gurus, Ron Legrand, and most importantly on his resume, keynote speaker at this year's Ohio Real Estate Investors Association convention. It is a national convention for folks from all over the country. We had uh, people from 28 states attend last year, and you will have your chance to register for that very inexpensive pledge to WMKV coming up in just a month or two. So mark your calendar November 8th through 11th here in Cincinnati. Get your plane tickets. You are going to want to be there. It's uh, at this point, I believe, the biggest convention in the United States, uh, particularly held by a nonprofit organization like OREA. And uh, Ron will be speaking for us there on Saturday about uh, sort of sort of more big picture. We've, we've been really focusing in on this axe thing today, but more the big picture of, of how do you take care of your financial issues now and set up long-term income so that you don't have to keep getting up and going to work every single solitary day. Um, yeah. So, my, my yeah. goal is to show you several ways to make money with real estate without using your money or credit. And I'm going to do that in the two hours that I've been given. And, of course, we're going to be able to answer questions. I'm going to bring some goodies, too. You don't even know this, but I'm going to, I'm going to give away stuff. You don't mind me giving away stuff, do you? Oh, I don't mind you giving away stuff. And I, and I don't think the folks that are there mind you giving away stuff. I think I could speak for them when I say it's okay for you to give away stuff well, good. At, the, at the convention. And uh, I, I have to tell you, one of the things, one of the things I, really, I really appreciate about the, the way you teach is that in the last 10 years or so, the real estate education field has gone in a really strange direction, which is this very narrow, you know, you go, you go spend $4,000 on a boot camp to only learn how to do short sales. And then you go spend another $2,000 to only learn how to retail properties. And there, there's a real push out there in, in the education world toward the idea of if you do my one strategy, which is the only one I know because it's the only one I've done, it, it will be everything you ever need in, in your whole real estate life. And I mean, back when, back when you and I were getting educated... You know, going back and 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 let me say, you you've been it a little longer than back I have. In the last century, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it okay. was. Um, you know, we went we went to classes by by people like Al Lowry, and it was it wasn't it wasn't do this one thing. It was you need to have your basic skills in place because they're going to apply across the board, and you also need to know lots of different ways to do things. And you're one of the few people who's still out there saying there's not there's not a a turnkey solution to everybody's problem you need to have you need to no. know both ways to do it well i've been at it for i'm in my 31st year now golly they're starting to call me moses <laughs> and i've uh, you know i've trained most of the trainers and you've been at this that long you pretty much pick up a whole lot more in one way to do things and you should times are changing so fast we have to change with them or we're going to be left behind and as you as so aptly said, so many folks are caught in the past and they're just doing what used to work. And unfortunately, a lot of them aren't even 
doing what they're teaching. Yes. Sadly, 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 they're still charging people money to learn what used to work, even though they themselves are not doing it anymore because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you, how, my business right now, Mina, I have one full-time guy and a personal and a um, virtual assistant, and we're doing about six deals a month. And, I, and I, my total involvement in this whole thing, I'm ashamed to say this, is about two to three hours a month. Yeah, well, I, I can't imagine why you would be ashamed to say that because that should be all of our, that should be the goal of all of us. I, there's this yeah. there's this thing amongst real estate investors where they, it's almost like they take pride in working ninety hours a week. Yeah, it's not about how long you work. Back, I'll tell you this, and you can write this down, all of you. The more hours you put in, the less money you're going to make, mm-hmm. and that applies to whatever business you do. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the less I do, the more I make. I'm all about getting today. We are so automated. With almost everything we do is done for us, especially with the use of virtual assistants, which is, boy, we're heavy into virtual assistants today. I mean, everything. There's very little left for the real estate investor to do. So it comes down to figuring out what the few important things that need to get done are, assigning those tasks to somebody else for a very small amount of money, and then making sure they get done. And when you do that, you really don't need much time at all. Literally, two, three hours a week properly invested could easily, easily outdistance any job one has in a very short period of time. And that is not seminar crap, ladies and gentlemen. And Vina knows it to be the fact. Like any other business, you um, do the right things, you get paid well, you do the wrong things, and all you do is invest your time and one day wake up and wonder why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not just an important message for the for the folks who who are control freaks and do stand around at RIA meetings almost bragging about how they have no time for their family or their hobbies or their because I work so hard. It's also a, an important message for this whole new crop of investors that we're seeing right now, which are uh-huh. the they're 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 full-time employed white collar folks who really don't think of themselves as being in the real estate business they 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 do it but they if you ask them if they were a real estate investor they would say no because it's just a thing i do three times a year and they don't want to quit their jobs they they like they like the benefits they you know you see you've got well, a lot of nurses and social workers who don't want to quit their jobs they just want extra money uh, but the but the message that you don't have to go full time if you are right. automated and systematized in fact, if you can't do it part-time, you can't do it full-time anyway. Uh, getting more time doesn't make you more money. It just gives you more time to waste, <laughs> which most people do every day, same way, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And if you want to build big businesses, then you've got to have to start thinking like rich people think. And that's not about putting any hours. It's about getting everything done for you and focusing on revenue. Because if the business leader, the owner, usens, don't focus on the revenue, I can assure you nobody else in the organization gives a crap. <laughs> So that's what we got to do every single day, and we got to do that by getting out of the way, getting the most important things done. You know, there's five steps. I'm going to run through these five steps if I can, Vina, real quick. Mm-hmm. First step is to locate prospects, all done for us. Second step is to pre-screen them. Most of that's done for us. Uh, you can learn how to do the rest in a few minutes. In fact, I'll show you that in November. Third step is to construct and present offers. That's mostly done for us because by the time we get the information, we know what offers are got to be made. And the sellers make us offers. We don't make them offers generally. And the fourth step is the follow-up, which means uh, go get it in writing. 
And then the fifth step is to close quickly and get the seller to the closing table. And we always use attorneys. Everything is done legally, properly, ethically, morally, properly in front of attorneys. Uh, and uh, the proper paperwork is done to comply with whatever state we live in. Those five steps apply to any business. Uh, let me run them again. Locate prospects, pre-screen them, construct and present offers, follow up, and close quickly. Apply that to any business. And I promise you the same five steps are there. If you just focus on getting the little bit that you have to do in during those entire five steps done, I promise you a virtual assistant can do 95% of everything else. And they are for us and my most successful students. I've got students. It's not a long list, but I've got a list of students who make net over seven figures. That's over a million dollars a year buying and selling houses, doing exactly what I'm going to tell you guys to do when I get up there in November. And I didn't say gross seven figures. I said seven figures goes into their bank account, and there's no period in the middle. So the difference is they get out of the way and do the smart things. Uh, they don't uh, go looking and driving around, spend all their life looking at houses and doing stupid stuff that most people think you got to do. They don't go show houses to buyers. It's all systemized today. Well, listeners, if you haven't just figured out why you need to come to the – 2012 OREA convention and hear more about uh, her more from Ron. I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> uh, that uh, that that summary that you just put together there, Ron. If 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 the folks who are out there quote in real estate and out there quote trying to do deals would just do what you just said, they would all be successful. <laughs> uh-huh. So. Uh, really appreciate you being here today and want to remind listeners again, mark your calendar for November 8th through 11th here in the here in Cincinnati. Uh, the OREA convention, you'll hear more about it here on WMKV in the upcoming weeks and months. My guest today has been Ron Legrand. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial freedom through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.